Hey guys, we are popping in with a special bonus episode. There is so much going on in the world right now that is impacting our businesses, our livelihoods, our cash flows. And today we have brought on Stacy Brown Randall, who is an expert at helping designers get referrals and more specifically, getting referrals without asking. Guys, this is huge right now because this is something that we can be doing even with social distancing and things looking a lot different than they have in past months for our businesses. Stacey Brown Randall is an award-winning author of Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. She's the host of the Roadmap to Grow Your Business podcast, and she's a national speaker. She's had the privilege of helping well-known corporations and franchises, but her focus is is on small business owners and solopreneurs like you and like me. She's been featured in national publications like Entrepreneur Magazine, Investor Business Daily, and Forbes, you know, just a few sort of known publications. She's also the co-author of Luann Nigera's book, The Things I Learned from a Well-Designed Business. Stacy received her master's in organizational communication. She's married with three kids. She is riding right along with us right now in this whole new work from home world. We are excited to share this interview with you with Stacy Brown Randall. I think you need to get your pen and paper and get ready for some fantastic, actionable ideas that you can start implementing today. Hey, I'm Kate Bendewald. And I'm Leslie Myrick. We're interior designers who've been meeting every Friday for coffee to discuss the ins and outs, ups and downs of running our design business and decided to hit the record button. We are designers getting coffee with each other and now you. While some might choose to guard the hard-earned secrets of their design success, we've chosen to support, encourage, and empower one another to be the most kick-ass business owners possible. Welcome to the Designers Getting Coffee podcast, real talk about running your design business with head and heart. Come join the conversation. Today's episode is brought to you by the Badass Biz Bundle. If you're ready to start your business or just launched, let me help you kickstart things to make major progress in a short time. And guys, now is a great time to be working on the back end and building of your business. The Badass Biz Bundle is what I wish I had when I was starting out on my own, business documents that I didn't even know I needed, and a kick-ass mentor to answer questions with practical, tactical advice to help me quickly, confidently, and profitably launch on my own. You can learn more at lesliemyrick.com slash coaching. And now here's our bonus episode, Get Referrals Without Asking with Stacey Brown Randall. Good morning, Stacey. Welcome to Designers Getting Coffee. We are so excited you're here today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I think this is going to be a great conversation about referrals and building your business. And unfortunately, guys, Kate is not able to join today. She is in the middle of a cross-country move, and she is eyeballs deep in children and suitcases and life somewhere in South Dakota at the moment. So Stacey and I are going to take this today. And I thought this would be such a perfect time to have Stacy on the show. We are still in the middle of the coronavirus crisis. Business tends to be slow. And this is a time where I kind of feel like big marketing moves, you know, paid ads or other sort of traditional sources aren't really as effective right now. And this is really going to be a season where This is about tapping into the people you know who already support you, who know, like, and trust you. So I'm super, super excited for Stacey to share her expertise with us today. And as we get started, Stacey, I have a curious question. So in your bio, you mentioned you have a master's in organizational communication. What is that? And and how has it kind of shaped what you, I mean, I've never even heard of this before. So is this something that's related to your field? How has it shaped what you're doing right now in helping designers? Oh my gosh, that's such a funny question. Um, So it is a master's of organizational communication. It's actually a master's of organizational and strategic communication. I just happened to focus on the organizational side when I was getting my master's degree. So my master's degree actually came from the idea that I was just one of those people that they're just things I wanted to say that I had done. Like, Didn't necessarily need a master's degree, but for whatever reason, got it stuck in my head that at some point when I was younger, I was like, I just want my master's. Like, I just, I just want it. It's like me. It's like, I just want to write a book. It's so fancy to have a master's degree. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's called a lot of money is actually what it is. (laughs) Um, And it's funny because my husband was like, but you don't, you run your own business. You don't 
need a master's. And I was like, I know, I just, I just want a master's degree. And if my business can, you know, help me afford to pay for it, then I just want to get it. And so I literally got a master's degree in something that I already knew that I was good in, which is communication. I had a broadcast journalism undergrad degree. So mass communication was kind of always been my thing. Um, I, you know, I'm a national speaker. And so I was like, well, I want to get something where I already feel like I'm not like going to go off the reservation and get something that's completely going to like make me do a lot of math was really what I was coming down to. Like I wanted a master's degree. I wanted it in a field where I thought I could excel in that master's degree and enjoy it. And what ultimately I ended up learning is it made me a much better writer. Like I, I feel like going into my master's degree, I was a strong writer to begin with, but that, I mean, all you do is write for two and a half years. You just write and write and write. And I actually ended up writing the first, my thesis to get out of grad school ended up turning into what could have been the first five chapters to a book at that point that I was working on. What I discovered after writing that for my thesis to get out of grad school, I didn't love that topic. I didn't want to finish that book. My husband goes, that's a really expensive way to write a half written book. And I was like, (laughs) yes, it was. And so, but for me, it was just, I wanted my master's. So I went into the communication program. I wanted to go on a campus. I didn't want a distance education one. So there's a local university called Queens University in Charlotte, where I am. They had a master's of organizational communication. I was like, I'm in. I went through it. I loved it. I like great friends that are still from my grad school days. And um, I got my master's degree. Really, it became down to, I wanted it, but I wanted something where I didn't, wasn't gonna have to sit and take like math classes and things like that as part of my master's. So a business, you know, master's degree, I was not interested in. Um, so that's why I picked the one I picked. Um, it kind of hit all the, checked all the boxes and um, it was a long two and a half years doing it. I think I started my master's degree. My son, Jacob was probably coming up on two and a half and my daughter was six months old. So not oh the best Oh my time. gosh. Not the best time, but it was great. My husband's very supportive and we did it. <laughs> so. Well, I'm so glad it worked out. I think that's so wonderful to be able to take skills you already had and you had your undergrad in and really hone them and make them work for where you wanted to be in business. Love it. Yes. I have done, I have not done the master's, but my husband, we've done the master's and PhD with babies and moves and girlfriend. I have so much respect for you (laughs) for doing that because I know how much work is involved. So that's awesome. And I love how it's really helping shape that everything you're doing now and what you are doing now is you are helping people get referrals and build their businesses that way. And I love your approach of saying you help people get referrals without asking, because I think this is a touchy spot for a lot of us that... (laughs) It feels weird to ask or pushy or something like that. And of course, I want to know all the things and the steps and tell us how to do it. But first, let's back up a little bit. And I want, I want you to define what referrals really mean, because I think it's one of those terms. When I think of referrals, I think of like 90s businessmen in mustaches and briefcases, like referring each other and handing out business cards and like with their <laughs> IBM computers. I feel like it's one of those words that maybe gets a bad rap or feels dated and doesn't feel like something current. That's how I've always sort of encountered it, where it feels like this old school, cheesy, pushy, businessy guy thing. And I have a strong feeling that is not how you view referrals. So how do you define referrals in today's business world? Yes. So that's such an important question because you're right. We all approach this concept, right? Any conversation we're going to have about referrals with our own preconceived notions, right? When we walk into any um, conversation and we already have opinions about things. And what I find when I talk about referrals, for most people, it's kind of that idea of like, yeah, that's when like a new client just drops into your lap and they're referred to you by somebody else and it's amazing. But then they have all these head things that they think about, right? And it's like being put pushy, like you said, like that 90s guys and mustaches being pushy and asking for those referrals, or you having to pay for those referrals, or you having to be totally overly like gimmicky and promotional in a way that doesn't complement your brand. And so I think the idea of why referrals sometimes gets a bad rap or why people just assume they happen and it's sporadic and you can't control them is because of all the ways that we've been taught about how you get referrals. So before we talk about that, the way I define referrals specifically is, so everyone would mostly agree that on this, I find that most people typically agree that a referral is the best type of prospect because it is a prospect that basically drops into your lap, right? Drops into your business. They've been, they already trust you because they've been referred by someone they trust. They're less price sensitive. They're quicker to close. They're easier to close. And they already value you because somebody else has placed a value on you. 
And so from that perspective, we kind of you know, walk into the idea of like referrals are the holy grail of all the prospects. If you can get one, it's the, it's the, how do we get them? But then I find people will say, yeah, so I got a referral and they'll start telling me what it was. And I'm like, "Mm, no, that wasn't a referral. That was word of mouth buzz. Or they'll say, oh, I got this great referral the other day. I'm so excited to follow up and I'll, and they'll tell me about it. I'm like, "Mm, no, that's actually an introduction. What I found is that we confuse different sales terms or different sales lingo about prospects, we confuse warm lead, introduction, word of mouth buzz, and referrals. And we can, we confuse them and call them all referrals. And they're actually four distinct categories of types of clients that show up to your business. Now we all get cold leads, right? I mean, most of the time, if you have somebody like contacting you, right, or you're reaching out in a cold call, right, that's a cold lead. Maybe a warm lead is somebody who's like come through your website or through Howl's or something like that, right? But the idea is, is that we look at this idea of when we think someone's giving us a referral, but the, what they're actually doing is word of mouth buzz, introduction, or warm lead. So let me define it this way. A referral has two things that those other terms, warm lead, word of mouth buzz, and introduction do not have. Number one, personal connection. There is always somebody that's going to connect you as the solution provider, right, to the person who needs to hire you, the prospect. So there's always somebody who's going to connect you to that prospect. And when they connect you, the trust is transferred for that person to show up more than likely ready to hire you because they already trust you. They just have to decide once they get to know you that you're who they want to hire. So the idea here is, is that there's always a personal connection. And there's always a need identified, which means the prospect, the buyer, right? The person who's going to hire you shows up knowing they need to hire an interior designer. They know that, like, hey, I want to renovate my house, right? Or I want to do an addition, or I want to change over my master bathroom or whatever it is, right? Or I'm building a house out of the ground and I want it to have this perfect design. They come from it from a perspective of knowing they have a problem and looking for a solution, which means their need has been identified. That is what makes a referral a referral. I know I have a problem and now I'm being connected with somebody that I'm going to trust because someone else told me to trust them. That's what makes a referral a referral, which means word of mouth buzz. That's typically when someone says, hey, Leslie, I was telling my neighbor about you the other day and she totally needs a designer and you're incredible. And I told her all about you and I gave her your contact information and she's totally going to call. That is word of mouth buzz feels like a referral. We I would have thought that was a referral. Right. That seems very direct. Okay. So there is like a nuanced difference. A referral is more, there's already a need. There's not just a, a curiosity or an inquisition from somebody, but there is a real defined problem and you are being introduced as the solution. Is that correct? Right. So what's missing in that example that I just gave, that word of mouth buzz, is if I was telling my neighbor about you, it was probably because my neighbor said, I love your kitchen and I've got to have one just like it. So Mm. that's how your name would come up, right? And so if I'm telling my neighbor about you and that person's like, oh my gosh, yes, the need is there. Like, okay, we got it. The need is there. What they didn't do, which makes it word of mouth buzz, is they didn't connect you to the neighbor, to the prospect. So it is so great that there is some neighbor out there of one of your clients that is maybe going to call you. But the reality of it is we get busy and we move on to the next thing very, very quickly. And I may have had this amazing conversation and decided that that I want to hire you. But then two, three weeks may go by and I may lose your contact information, right? The neighbor may lose your contact information, may not call, may forget we had this conversation. And then the next time they're having a conversation with someone and the need for an interior designer comes up, They're going to get another name. So the idea here is, is what's missing from word of mouth buzz is you being connected to them so that you're in the driver's seat to be able to follow up so you can start that sales conversation process, but also so that they remember, right, who, why am I actually talking to Leslie? Oh, that's right. My neighbor who I love and adore told me Leslie's my, my girl. That's the one I'm supposed to use. So there's that personal connection needs to happen when that needs been identified, which is the reverse though of an introduction. So an introduction happens when you're introduced to somebody and you have no idea why. Like, are we just growing our, <laughs> like, are we growing our network here? Are we just meeting for coffee to meet for coffee? Do you need to be hiring me? Or wait, am I being t- set up to come to this coffee meeting because I'm supposed to be buying from you? Like, I have been in those situations and they're the worst. <laughs> you're just like, what are. are we even doing right now? 
Right. So there's a connection, oh. right? There's a reason why you're saying yes to meet with this person for coffee because someone you trust connected you to meet with them, but you have no idea why. The yeah. need isn't there. So you show up not being like, okay. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with coffee meetings for the sake of coffee meetings. They can be great to grow your network. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them. What I'm saying is, is that when an introduction arrives, I don't want you skipping off to that coffee meeting thinking you've got a referral because you don't. So the ability to be able to label the prospect as what it is. Is this a referral? Is this an introduction? Is this word of mouth buzz? Does a couple of things for us. One, it informs how we react to the prospect. If a referral walks through the door and it's a true referral, the conversation I would teach you to have with them is entirely different than the conversation you'd probably be having with someone who you met at a networking event or was introduced to you where there's no need identified. You got to dig to find the need. A referral walks in with the need. You have to build from that need. You don't dig to find the need again. And so the conversations are different. So how you approach that prospect, depending on if they were an introduction or a word word of mouth buzz or referral warm lead, how you approach the prospect is different. And if you're getting word of mouth buzz or you're getting introductions or warm leads, the other thing I would want you to teach, it's one of the things I teach my students, is how do we flip those actual into referrals so that we have a referral, not just word of mouth buzz. And so that's that's the important reasons for it's yes it's important for us to understand what a referral is so we are all on the same page right for this sake of, of this conversation but also because then how you react and how you respond and how you do business from that point forward is dictated by knowing what's in front of you and you being able to correctly identify it allows you to react in a couple of ways you know to your referral source of course and then to your um, prospect as well and that helps the sales process happen much easier. So true referrals are kind of like, I mean, they sound like the holy grail. Like they're the ones where there is a hot prospect, there is a connection, there's an introduction, and it's a great opportunity for you to promote and sell and whatever that might look like. Whereas, you know, a brief introduction or buzz might start a nurturing kind of sequence, but isn't likely to convert quickly. Is that what you would say? Yeah. Or it's, you know, it's funny with an introduction, you may meet with them right away, but you're not going to walk away with a sale because you didn't go in with that mentality of knowing you were selling or should you be selling or right. You didn't like have any Intel from the referral source as to why am I going on this meeting? It can, mm-hmm. what, what it's more likely to become is a missed opportunity. Ooh, I don't like that word. Missed right. opportunity. <laughs> missed is never good in front of any word. Right. But what we don't want is for this. Wow. If I had just had some different language or I have just approached this a little bit differently, or I had just trained my referral source a little bit differently, which of course you can do without them ever feeling like you're training them. Then this could have, this outcome could have been different and I could have ended up with a client. And that's the, that's the reality, right? I mean, yes. Here's the thing. If you can get word of mouth buzz, that is so much better than having to go to 40,000 networking events. Well, no one's doing them right now, but you know what I mean? 40,000 networking events in any given month, right? So Mm -hmm. word of mouth buzz is great, but I want you to know how to flip it into a referral. Ultimately, what you want are referrals because that is, as you said, the holy grail when that when that prospect drops into your lap, right? It typically drops into your inbox because that's how most inspections (laughs) happen, but it effectively drops into your lap and this person's ready to go. I mean, they're effectively saying, I know what I have a problem with. I know I need an interior designer to solve this problem that I've identified. And I trust you because Stacy told me I should trust you. So now let's just get to business, right? Let's just here, take my money. It's kind of how those situations unfold. Now, will you close every referred prospect that you receive? Oh goodness, no. I mean, it would be amazing if you did, but I tell my folks um, when they come through my growth by referrals program, I'm like, our goal is to get you to 80% close ratio. So we talk about how to close referred prospects. If that's, we have lots of people who come through through the program who get referrals. They don't close the referrals well. And so when they learn how to close them, they're like, okay, this is different and it works. So it's it's kind of a, a multi-pronged approach. It's like, yes, we want you getting referrals, but we also want you being able to close them. But if you can't identify them as a word of mouth buzz, introduction or referral, I mean, that is really our starting point of how it impacts how we're going to do business. And ultimately, if we're going to win with these prospects or not. Okay. So obviously, you know, 
this is this is a season right now in the world where I can personally say my business has dropped considerably. And this is really a time where people are looking actively in new creative ways for new clients, whether that be through referrals or online social media strategies or something like that. So sort of very specifically to this season that we're in, and of course, these are going to be applicable beyond, how can we, I mean, obviously, introductions, buzz is all good stuff, but it certainly sounds like those word of mouth referrals, true referrals, as you have defined them, are a great goal for us to be kind of going after right now so that we can convert people and keep keep our businesses running, quite frankly, keep some cash flow going, keep active clients. So how how? <laughs> there's there's the big question. Where 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 does one even start? Because you talk about referrals without asking, and you've talked about training people without even them knowing to give you referrals. So can you talk a little bit about what that looks like? Because how do you not ask but get what you need to have people really strong referrals? coming your way, especially in a time right now, which might be beneficial that we're not in person, but there is so much virtual chat and email and online communication going on even more so than there normally is. So I think you ask an amazing question that that how, and this is the top question I'm getting asked like every day, right? Is how do I, how do I emerge stronger from this time with referrals that could be available right now? right? And the ones that I know will be coming when we emerge out of this time period, out of this time of uncertainty that we are in, because we are going to get out of this and we are going to move into a different time period. I don't know what it's going to look like, but at some point COVID will be gone, right? And we will move forward um, as a country and as a world, because that's what we do. We come out of everything. It is, yeah, we don't absolutely. Always know we're com- right. We don't know, always know what we're coming out of into, but it will be something different. And guess what? We'll come out of that too. So I think your question is really good. And this is what I've been telling people. So if you don't have the gift of revenue right now, meaning your business has dropped or things have slowed down and you're looking for ways to obviously increase revenue. I mean, I think we all are, right? I think we're all in that place. But if we don't always have the gift of revenue right now, what we should have is a little bit of extra gift of time. Now, I say that tongue in cheek because I've got three kids at home. You've got two. And most, oh, girl. Right? And I know your <laughs> listeners are like, the gift of time, what? But let me explain. The reality of it is you do have time if you look at it in terms of what time you would be spending if you were onboarding a new client that maybe you're not onboarding right now. The truth is you would make time regardless of your chaos. If someone called you and said, hey, I want to get this process started. I want to like move forward and whatever part of it you could do virtually, you'd make some time for that client work, right? We all would. So what I'm saying is, is it's carving out a little bit of time and recognizing you may not have the gift of revenue, but you do have the gift of time. And the one thing you need to be doing, if you want to emerge stronger from this time for referrals, get get any referrals that are out there right now, because there are referrals happening. I mean, I have an interior designer that's in one of my other groups and um, in one of uh, my membership groups, and they had like, they blew their first quarter revenue out of the park. And so, and part of that was in March as well, even when all this craziness had started. So there is money out there. That's what I'm not saying people aren't, but what I'm saying is if you're not having that gift of revenue, you do have the gift of time. What you need to do, number one, is know who these referral sources are. So take a little bit of time and go through the process. I outlined it in chapter eight of my book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. It's outlined in chapter eight. It's in multiple podcast episodes on my podcast, Roadmap to Grow Your Business. We talk about it a lot inside my free Facebook group, Referrals Without Asking. But it's this idea that you have to identify who your referral sources are. So if you know who your referral sources are, and I'll walk you through high level, like how do you identify them? But once you know who they are, During this time, you need to do one thing and one thing only, and that is lean into them, reach out to them, connect with them, ask them how they're doing, ask if there's anything you can do for them. Do they have a need? If they're local and they need someone to run an errand for them, can you do it, right? If they're not local, right, can you reach out to provide them a safe space? Let's just say they happen to be another business owner. Can you reach out to provide a safe space to just kick around some hard business decisions they may need to be having right now? 
Can I interrupt important. for a second, Stacey, just yeah. for some clarity? So when you're saying reach out to these people and offer them, um, like be of service, you're not reaching out saying, Hey, do you need your kitchen redesigned right now? Can I serve <laughs> no, no. you? This You're thinking this is totally not About business. them. Okay. Right. That's really, really important. Cause at first I was thinking like, okay, I've, I've got a client of mine where I could be like, I, Hey, I knew you were thinking about doing your playroom. You're stuck at home with your kids. Maybe now's a good time, but that's not what you're saying at all. You're saying, how can I just serve you as a human and someone who genuinely is invested in you and cares about your well being? Yes. But remember, so let's think about this separately. You mentioned that you could reach out to a client or a potential client that wants to do their playroom. And I'm talking about your referral sources. Oh, okay. So let's talk about that then because my my thought, my brain was like past client, good referral source. Happy client will send me more happy clients. But you're saying referral sources are are different humans. Go so, on. I'm intrigued. <laughs> yes. Okay. So this is so good because what it's really important for people to understand, there's actually four types of referral sources. So we'll talk about these four types of referral sources, but a referral source can be anyone, client, current client, past client, center of influence, realtor, right? Like is an an example of a center of influence, right? It can be anyone who's actually ever referred you. So when I talk about referral sources and I talk about identifying who your referral sources are, I want you to dig in and recognize who has sent you previous clients. So when you go through your client list and you figure out, okay, you know what? Sally came from her neighbor, Sarah, who was a past client of mine. So Sarah is the referral source, right? And then you're looking at, okay, Bob and his wife, Jane came to me because, oh, that's right. Um, they know me when I used to work at a different company and Jane remembered me, right? So that's just someone within your network, but not a referral source. This person found me through a Facebook ad. This person saw some design I did in Howl's and loved it and reached out. And it was like the one time Howl's turned into a client. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally a little kidding. real talk right there. <laughs> so um, I do a lot with interior designers. So I kind of know what you guys are going through. Yeah. So the idea there is, is that you look through where these clients came from and those that were referred to you, those people who did the referring, that's your group of referral sources. And it is effectively the biggest and best asset your business has. I know your clients are amazing and they're wonderful assets, but your referral sources are a bigger asset because they are sending you new clients. So not all clients will refer you. Not all realtors, you know, will refer you, right? That's not that. It's the idea of who has referred you. So when you identify your referral sources, what you'll find is they're going to drop into one of four categories. We also use these categories to figure out, hmm, I need more referral sources. Where should I start? So here are the four categories that are referral sources. So number one is their clients. Absolutely. And in, in the world, what you guys live in, clients are going to be some of your best referral sources. Other industries that I work within, not so much. But I like to teach this as if you were like to write down um, numbers one, two, three, four, all like, you know, one on top of each other, one, two, three, four, and you were to draw a line between two and three, we have two types of sources above the line and two types of referral sources below the line. So above the line, we've got one is clients past clients, current clients, but it's not all your clients are going to refer you. I tell folks to focus in on the 20 to 30% that probably will refer you. And so it's, and this takes a little bit of kind of figuring out, okay, how do I identify those people? And there's like a little process we go through, but Number one is clients can definitely be a referral source. Number two are centers of influence. Centers of influence are typically a small subset of your network, right? So it's not everybody you know, right? But it's a small subset of your network who they know what you do. There's no question that they know you're a designer. They don't do what you do. So they're not a, they're not a designer themselves. So there's no competitive overlap. But they also are in a position where they come across ideal clients to send your way. So it could be the realtor, right? It could be the architect. It could be the home, um, you know, home builder. So there are people that are going to come across in a more um, ongoing fashion of your ideal client. Now, it could also be the neighbor that you have that's super connected in all the mom's groups and just happens to adore you that you've never done work for her. And she sends you a bunch of people too. She can be a center of influence as well. I'm not saying it has to be people who are in other businesses like yours, but that is ultimately what we're you know, looking for in that perspective when we're thinking about those um, referral sources that are centers of influence. So does that make sense from the two that are above the line? Absolutely. And Stacey, I love how you have clarified that and made sense of it because 
I keep track of all those referral sources, and this sounds really stupid to say now, especially in front of you, but I'm like, I've never really gone back to that list and <laughs> paid much attention. Like, I know where I know where referrals come from, and I can think offhand of, you know, two or three people that have either been clients or have referred me to multiple clients, and I'm just like face-palming myself over here realizing <laughs> I really haven't been staying connected with them. I've always gone to past clients for referrals and follow up, but there's there's kind of a goldmine of people that are probably your biggest cheerleaders and enthusiasts and connectors and encouragers of you and your brand that I'm guessing, or at least from me, are pretty underutilized for this referral process. They are. And here's the thing. Typically people are going to do like, you know, the, the palm plant to their face for two reasons as I start talking. One is because they've never tracked. And they're like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I don't know this information. I've never tracked it. And I do talk about in my book, this, <laughs> this painful, I'm going to just put it out there, this painful process called walk down memory lane where you have to recreate the information. But I give you tips of how to recreate the information. And I always tell folks, if you'll go through the process of tracking this information and pulling this data from the past and creating this list of referral sources, my guarantee gift to you is you never have to do it again because then you're going to track from this day forward. Of right? So you'll never, you'll never miss one from this day forward. And if you can gather who's been referring you in the past, it can be a gold mine. So the idea here is, is you do it one of two ways. You're like, oh my gosh, I've never tracked it. Or like you said, I've never done anything for these people or mm-hmm. with these people or even think about these, but you've been given much thought to these poor people. And these are your greatest assets. And so I think when people think about from a referral perspective and they start seeing like, hey, we kind of start with looking at the data of your business and who has referred you. Everything changes the minute you have that list in front of you, whether it's got three people on it or 33 people on it. Everything shifts and changes as you think about it in that moment because you're like, wait a minute, I am now in control of my biggest asset. And it's it's up to me to take care of them, which we'll talk about what that looks like because there's definitely some ways it does not go. But now I'm in control to take care of my biggest asset here. And that can make the biggest difference in my business because I'm now giving you control over, right, a group of people who are like, I mean, I already refer you. Can you imagine what would happen if you just took a little bit of care of them and did Mm -hmm. it a little bit better and used some specific language to make it 10 times better? So I think that's the other thing that people kind of like when they go through this process, they're like, holy cow, I've never tracked it or I've never done anything with this list. Or you go through it and you look at this list and you're like, wow, I had no idea so-and-so was on this list. I haven't talked to her in 18 months. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's terrible, right? So there are definitely some moments you're going to have as you go through this process. The bulk of your referral sources, though, are going to probably fall into clients and centers of influence, those two categories above the line. But there are two more left below the line. And below the line, we've got family and friends, and then strangers. So let me explain that. Family and friends are the people who they know what you do. And maybe every once in a while, they come across somebody who they could refer to you. And so they do. And maybe it's your mom who referred you, you know, her neighbor. And let's be honest, your mom loves you, wants you to be successful. Absolutely. But may never have the opportunity to refer you again. Right. So it's a lot of family and friends can sometimes be those one hit wonders or you'll find that family and friends are sometimes more likely to make connections for you to people when you're starting your business. But by the time you're two or three years in, they've kind of like the newness factor of hoping you're successful is kind of worn off and they've kind of gone back to their daily life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's that idea that family and friends can refer. And if they refer you consistently, they need to be brought above the line and placed into a center of influence unless they're family and friends and then a previous client, then they'd be brought above the line into the client box. But family and friends are those that we are so grateful when it happens. We just don't build a system around it. We're going to build a system for the two above the line. The two below the line, we're not going to build a system around because it's too sporadic and it's sometimes the one hit wonders unless we see patterns developing and then we pull those people up. Strangers is the other category. And by nature, they're not a stranger they're a stranger to you, as in you don't know who they are, but your reputation may precede you, right? You Maybe you were interviewed in a magazine and they were like, oh my gosh, that was the best design of a playroom I've ever seen. I just love this Leslie lady and I don't know who she is, but then for whatever reason, they've decided you're incredible. And when people ask, they're like, I don't know her, but I've heard great things about this Leslie lady, right? And so that would end up happening. 
But so you're not a stranger to them, but they are a stranger to you. And so sometimes you can track those people down. If you, if the person, right, that's, they're they're not necessarily making the connection here. So this is a lot of times when word of mouth buzz flips itself into a referral and the person calls you and says, well, so-and-so gave me your name. And you're thinking to yourself, who is so-and-so? Like, who is this person? It's a stranger that happened to decide because they've heard about your reputation or they've read articles that you've been in or what they've seen your design on Instagram, whatever it is, they've decided that you're amazing and they'll tell people about you without you even really knowing who that they are. If you can identify who those people are, right, and you can flip them and like get to know them, you can flip them up into a center of influence. But there are some strangers that stay strangers. There are people who refer me now and people will tell me who referred them and I'll try to Google them or my assistant will try to Google them and find them. And we think we have an address and we mail a thank you card and then it comes back returned in the mail. And so in some case, you just got to cut your losses and recognize this stranger loved my book. Great. And he re- he referred other people to me, but I don't I can't seem to connect with him to be able to turn him into a center of influence. So I don't know if I'll get more referrals from him in the future. And so that's how I like to categorize it so that you can keep it straight in your mind when you're looking at your list of referral sources. Are they clients? Are they centers of influence? Are they family and friends? Or are they strangers? And then which ones do we build a system for? That's the top two, the above the line. I love that. And I love that you mentioned mailing a thank you card to someone that sends you a referral. That's so classy and I love it. And it's one of those really small things that seems like almost why would you bother? But I send handwritten thank you cards too. And I think there's so much value in just getting a little something in the mail. The mail, I feel like, is like a secret weapon right now for us because everyone's (laughs) switching digital and going to email. And when you get something tangible, something that, you know, feels good in the hands, maybe it's a beautiful, the envelope's a beautiful color that's in on brand. I think that can speak volumes just to your, your level of integrity and how much you care about those referral sources. So I love that little tidbit you threw in there, but yeah, I would, so I'd love to know, you mentioned uh, so so many thoughts happening right now, Stacey, this is great. (laughs) So let's say, I'm going to guess probably a lot of our designers that listen maybe haven't been tracking all their referral sources, but let's say we can all come up with one, at least one human being who we have some sort of connection to that has referred us in the past. What would be a few things we could do during this season? So obviously nothing in person, but what would be a few steps we could take right now to sort of nurture that person and, as you say, kind of teach them to be good referrals for us and hopefully get another referral without directly having that conversation. Yeah. So here's the thing. And that's when I was talking a little bit before, once you know, like during this time period, the only thing I'm teaching people to do now, if they're in my program and they have a touch point that's actually happening, which is just out, which is our term for outreach. And they have outreach that's happening during this time, either March, April, or May. I'm telling them go forth with that touch point, but for everybody else, they may have to change the messaging or the delivery to make it happen. But for everybody else that in my students that don't have a touch point or for everybody else that's listing, that's like, okay, now I've got this list. What do I do right now during COVID-19? Like, what do I get to do? The only thing I'm teaching folks to do and telling folks to do is to lean into that list of people who are your referral sources. So it's that concept of understanding, okay, this is who they are. I'm going to reach out to them and you're doing one simple request. And that is, how can I help you? What people don't realize about referral sources is that they're only referring you because they have a relationship with you. Yes, they think you're a great designer. That kind of goes without saying. But it's because they have a relationship with you. People actually don't refer you because they're trying to help you grow your business. That would be amazing if they did. (laughs) That's not why they do it. They refer someone to you. And we cannot confuse this point. We think we can, but we cannot confuse this point. People refer people to you, not because of you. They trust you, which is why they're going to refer the person to you. But their ultimate driver to refer someone to you is because they know someone who has a problem. And for that moment, that referral source gets to be the hero and gets to help that person, right? They get to help this person who has a problem. They're like, oh my gosh, wait, you've got a problem? I can solve it, right? I don't, I just get that song from the eighties just kind of came in my head, but I'm not going to sing it for you people. You got a problem? I can solve it. Okay. Anyways, I don't rap. Let's just be honest. Um, I have zero rhythm, but the idea here is, is that you're referred because you are a solution provider, but only 
because your referral source knows someone who has a problem and they're trying to help them solve the problem. They're like, wait, I know I can help you solve your problem. Help is the most powerful word in the English language. I think it's in any language, but in the English language, definitely help is. So when somebody else is talking to a referral source of yours and says, yeah, I really got this problem. I got it. And they're like, wait, I can help you solve it. They get to be the hero. It makes them feel good. And how they help them solve it is connect them to you to be the person who walks in, right? And is going to save the day. But the referral source doesn't refer you. They don't wake up every day and be like, how can I grow Stacy's business today? I mean, who can I send to Stacy to help her grow their business? That would be awesome if they thought that way. Nobody wakes up thinking that way. Nobody does it, unless they're part of a paid networking group where that's their strategy, which I have been part of. <laughs> and it's not, right. you don't get the same quality of referrals you or don't. introductions that way. You don't because I'm trying to hit a metric and I got to stay in the group and I got to hit my metric and I got to say that I gave, and, and let's be honest, you're not giving referrals in, you're giving leads. That's what you're giving. Maybe warmer leads than colder leads, but in reality, a lot of those groups, fact, they, they operate. If it's a mandatory requirement of giving names, it's names, it's leads, it's never referrals. Um, because you don't know if the other person has an ultimate need, right? I mean, so right. that's, that's the concept here is when we're thinking about referrals, we are thinking about, hey, they refer me because I can help them be the hero. That's it. That's why they, that's why they refer you. So when you reach out to your referral sources and how I teach it is that you actually need to have this kind of like ongoing yearly plan of outreach. And I'm not talking about like 22 things a year or once a month, which way less than that. But what we do is memorable and meaningful. So what we're ultimately after is what is going to be memorable and meaningful. But in light of what's going on right now, the only thing you need to be doing is you need to lean into those referral sources and you need to say, how can I help you? What I'd love for you to do is think about each one of your referral sources, whether you have five of them or 25 of them. Think about each one of them and think to yourself, if I were to offer help, what would it look like? Because you should know something about these referral sources. These people drop clients into your lap and you don't have to do any work for it. You just have to provide an amazing service. So if you're thinking about these referral sources, so I'll just use my business as an example. So when all this happened, I pulled, of course, I had the list of my referral sources. I pulled it out and I'm an old school person. Like I print things out and I kill trees and I start writing things down. (laughs) So not that I don't love my trees, but so I pulled out my list of referral sources and I went through and I looked at each one and I was like, who just needs to hear from me? Like, hey, I'm here, right? Who can I actually offer something to? Like, hey, as another business owner, and I'm a business owner, and I used to be a business and productivity coach, right? If you need a safe space to talk about hard decisions that have to be made right now in your business, I can be your safe space. I looked at my referral source and I said, who's working at home with kids? Well, as a former productivity coach, you can guarantee my kids are on a schedule and our life is working a little more like clockwork than probably some folks. And so I reached out to those folks and said, hey, can I give you any productivity tips? Can I share my daily schedule with you that my kids are on? And then I looked through that list and I was like, who has prospects or clients or a community of people that would love to hear this message I'm telling right now? And I would be happy to give a free webinar on referrals without asking. So I went through my referral source list and then I reached out to them and I said, hey, how can I help you? And I thought of a way that I could, but if you come up with something else, I'm all ears from that perspective. Um, and if you think about that from that perspective, it really is helpful as you're going through this process to like look at your referral sources and say, how can I help you? Most of my referral sources are not local. They used to be when I was a business and productivity coach. That's actually how I created my whole five-step process. But most of them aren't local anymore. So I'm going to do a lot of emails or a lot of text messages or I'm going to reach out over Facebook Messenger. But if your referral sources are local, right, there may be other ways that you can reach out and help them. And it could be that, hey, I know you're home with five kids and I can imagine how hard that is. Do you need someone to run to the store for you? Like, please, I'm going anyways. Let me help you. Depending on who is on the list, that dictates what you're going to do. Does that make sense? I love that. So my my first thought when you said offer to help, I was like, that feels so open-ended. Like I wouldn't even know what to say if someone offered me that. But the fact that you come with a customized, tailored idea for that person and their potential need as an offer. But of course, there's always, if you got something else in mind, I'm good with that too. I think that's great because I think... This, this kind of email, my fear is always that it just feels like a generic, I feel like the people are going to sense that your intention is just to get a referral from them. And I love the way you do this, where you are 
really thinking about the person and their needs and how you can genuinely be of help and not just, I'm trying to remind you I'm alive. Thanks. You're like, okay, Peace great. Out. I'm here if you need me, right? Yeah. And I think that's really important. And here's the thing. What I want you to do during this time period of uncertainty is I just don't want you to go dark on your referral sources. Now, for, for my students, like that's not really possible because they've been taking care of their referral sources. But we do sometimes start operating from a sense of fear and we hunker down. Sometimes we feel like we're treading water during this time period. And we kind of forget that the greatest gift that we have to give other people is our help. So why wouldn't we be reaching out to our referral sources? And it's also okay for you to reach out and be like, I just want you to know that I'm here. And if I can do anything, please let me know. I'm not sure what I can do, but I will do anything that you need. You know, I appreciate all the support you've given to my business over the years. And during this time period, I just want to be here for you. That's okay to write as a message as well. And so from that perspective, that's like, I reached out to one of my referral sources all the way out in San Diego, right? All, I, I mean, I'm in Charlotte. There's, I, there, I don't know what I can do, right? And I couldn't do a webinar for it because we had just done one together. But I was like, what can I do to support you? Is there anything? Do you need anything? I was thinking of you. And she just said, how did you know at this moment what I needed was a friendly bright spot? And she was dealing Aww. with parents that live, you know, in Europe that one is not doing well. And now she can't get a flight there. And she's stressed and she's got clients that she's dealing with that are having really hard times too. And all I was, was just a friendly bright spot in that moment of her to be able to like, let that out and, and like focus on responding back to me and be like, thanks. I just, I needed to hear from somebody friendly and that's what I was. So never underestimate that's what you can be for somebody else. And don't also expect everyone to reply back. There's a lot of my referral sources I send emails to that I didn't hear back from. I heard back from a lot of them, but I didn't hear back from all of them because we're, even though we're all in the same boat, we're not all weathering the same storm right now. And so you have to be understanding and you have to recognize that not everybody's going to respond back and that's okay. And you may get people responding back and they ask you, and you're like, I don't have any idea how to do that or how to help you with that, but maybe you can get creative, right? So the idea here is because you can't go see anybody, right? And because you can't throw an event or because you can't do some of the things that maybe we would normally do for our referral sources. And if you've never reached out to them, now is a perfect time to be like, hey, you are really important to my business because you do support me. And I want to be supportive to you during this time, right? What I want you to do though, I'll be really honest with you, Leslie, when this time is over, I want this taking care of your referral sources to continue. That is how we start generating more referrals from our referral sources. I think that is genius because I, I love that you said that because I feel like there's going to be this mark of inauthenticity if we're only helpful when the world's in crisis and we're looking for money and new clients. And then we just disappear when life goes back to quote normal again. Mm -hmm. So that's so awesome. And I think, you know, if our designers don't have strategies in place right now for outreach, for connection, for continued nurturing of these referral sources, this is a great time to start. Right. It's that gift of time. Even if it's just mm -hmm. a little bit of time to carve out. It's funny. I had somebody who was getting ready to start my program and they're like, I mean, I don't really have extra time, but I think I should be making time for the right things. And they were like, how long is it going to take me to get through your program? I was like, two and a half hours. And they're like, oh, <laughs> I got that. I'm like, it's not 20 hours. It's two and a half hours. And you need another two to actually like do the work and get everything set up and get ready to go. And they're like, I can find four, four and a half hours. And I was like, yeah, even if you have to do 30 minute blocks over one week, right? Like we all can find that. But that is ultimately what I want. Like you don't have to go through my program to necessarily figure out how to take care of your referral sources moving forward. Of course, I gave you a tactic that I know is very, um, it's very sensitive to what we're going through right now and what our referral sources need to hear from us. Mm -hmm. But moving forward, right, you just need to make sure you have some strategy in place to take care of them. But here's the thing. I want that strategy, the outreach that you do to your referral sources. We call them touch points, but that outreach you do to your referral sources, I want them to be memorable and meaningful. I want them to keep you top of mind. I want you to transcend keeping in touch and moving into top of mind by being memorable and meaningful. And here's the secret sauce. I want you to also then know how to plant referral seeds because that is how we train our referral sources to think about us in a certain way while we're taking care of them in a very subtle way that feels very authentic and natural because guess what? 
it is very authentic yeah. and very natural because if you care about your referral sources, then this outreach that you do while using some referral seed language, right, should feel very natural and normal. And it's received that way as well. And that's why it works so well. That's why I had the opportunity to work with an interior designer out in Phoenix. Her name is Tanya. And she was like, you know, a handful of referrals a year like just a couple that she would get a year. And she'd be like, and I always tell folks, if you're getting a couple, you're totally worth more. So like, if you're not getting any, we probably need to have a different conversation. But, and that may just be because you just don't have any referral sources, which we can talk about that too. But she was like, I'm getting a couple referrals a year, like two or three or four referrals a year. Well, in six months, we had gotten a 13. Whoa, that's a huge increase. It is. And it depends on your, and it depends on how many clients you can work with, right? For her, she's a solopreneur. She's like, okay, this is good, right? And I'm not saying she closed all 13 of those, but she did close more than not. And what she realized is, is by being memorable and meaningful and reaching out to her referral sources from a very genuine, authentic, and thankful place, and then using the referral seed language, right, that it was allowing her to communicate a message of care while getting them to subconsciously think about her from a referral perspective. And that's what makes the system work. And that's what makes it like that beautiful kind of like it comes together. So when this time period is over, I'm not going to guarantee you that you're going to reach out to your referral sources with the messaging and the ideas that I just gave, and you're going to unleash a referral explosion. First of all, it doesn't work like that in normal times. It starts as a trickle, then it snowballs to a referral explosion, right? It happens over time. But the other thing I would say is, is that it's a start, right? Reaching out to your referral sources now, but then recognizing, hey, when June, July hits and we are fingers, pre, please, please let us get back to normal by June or July, right? And we are moving forward. You need to have a system in place to take care of your referral sources. And it needs to, and it's not your newsletter that you send out, right? And it's, it's not that kind of, it's not the um, emails you send every 30 days to be like, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you doing? If you're like <laughs> on one of those systems that makes you do that, like, those things aren't memorable and meaningful. And what we're ultimately trying to do is be very meaningful and very memorable. And this time, the reaching out and saying, how can I help is actually very memorable and meaningful. I think that is great. And I wanted to ask, I'm sure right now, at least in my inbox, I'm seeing it too. I feel like I'm getting inundated with so many more digital communications at the moment because that's what people <laughs> are relying on. Do you have you know, a tip, a subject line idea that can kind of help designers cut through the noise and get that email open. I mean, obviously the email is going to be sent to a person you know. They will see your name. I feel like that already makes it more likely to be opened. But do you have any suggestions on how to how to get noticed, how to how to cut through the noise and the clutter that's going on right now and really try to get your referral sources to hear what you have to say and hopefully engage back with you? Yeah. So I think that is such a great um, question. Okay. So I actually just pulled it up because I was like, what were the subject lines that I used? So I could just tell you exactly what they were. Um, so yes, here's the thing. These are individual emails that are sent. They are not sent via like, so I use Entreport as my email communicator. If you, if you end up on my email list, that's how I'm going to send you emails. But my referral sources are going to get one-off emails for me in this time, right? They're not getting the mass communication emails where I'm sending it to everybody and blind copying them. These are so. Would you just send these from your main email address, yes, not through your entrepreneur service? Okay, correct. I sent through my main email service, which meant I sat down. It was some copy and paste, but I shifted, but I changed the opening of everything because I know these people, right? So I know, I know the referral source whose trip to Paris was canceled. So of course I was going to ask about that when I opened the email before I got into the rest of my conversation. So the truth is for a lot of my referral sources, right? The simple subject line was, how are you? Question mark. That was it. It was just, how are you? But they're getting the email from me. And then when they opened it up, right? It was that idea of like, Hey, I just, I want to check in on one of my favorite people. Are you doing okay? Are you hanging in there? Right. And then I gave a quick message about, and so of course, most of my folks expect to hear from me about things to do for their referral sources, even if they're my referral sources, they're expecting to hear that kind of language from me. So I just kind of like gave a little message, like, Hey, if you're wondering what to do right now for referral sources in light of everything, right. The same thing I told you guys, I'm like, lean into them, reach out and ask them how you can help. And then I ended it with air hugs to you. Now for some of my other referral sources, um, the subject line was, hold on, I'm going to pull it right up because that way I can know that I'm getting it exactly right. So let me pull up Vivica so I can see exactly what I said. Um, okay, so from that perspective, when I thought about um, that subject line, it says, how can I help you? Dash, I've thought of two ways. Ooh, I like that. 
So it's very, and again, it was very clear. It was very much coming from my inbox to them individually opening. I asked them questions if I knew anything about their lives. Some, I don't talk to my referral sources all the time. They get taken care of me throughout the year, but it's not like we're like in this ongoing daily conversation. So, but a lot of them, I know what's happening. Like if I know their kid just got married, I'm asking about that, right? Because I pay attention to who my referral sources are on social media as well. I know when I have a referral source who lost a parent or it was going through cancer. Like these are the things you should know about the people who hand you new business as easy as possible, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is the kind of stuff you should be making time for. And so that one was just basically, you know, I've thought of two ways I can help you. And then it literally addressed it as, you know, because those referral sources I knew if I put on my business owner hat, they knew that I could be a business owner who's also a previous business coach and I could be a safe space for them to talk about some hard decisions they have to make. I mean, some of my referral sources have very large companies and I know that they're going to have to be having conversations around staff and employees and layoffs and furloughs. And so I could be the person, I mean, I have a background in HR too, so I could be the person that they could talk to about that. And I wanted to remind them of that and me being a safe space. I mean, I talked to two of my referral sources about pivots to be making right now with using their same messaging, but pivoting it to a different industry, right? So I had done some research on what, what, are, the, what are the industries that weather recessions, right? And then providing that information to my referral sources in terms of, hey, maybe there's a shift you need to make here. Like maybe stop going after restaurants because this is not a good time for them. <laughs> but veterinarian clinics and CPA firms seem to weather recessions all that well. Like, is that a pivot for you? So we had those conversations. And then, of course, I offered to any of my referral sources, do you need me to do a podcast interview about this topic? Do you need me to do a webinar with you? Do you need an audio snippet for me? Do you want me to write a blog post for you? Do you want me to write a social media post for you? Like, what can I do to support you if you're trying to put content out there to your communities? Because some of my referral sources are. What can I provide that would be helpful for your clients, your prospects, your community to help them know how to, to handle this time period with their referral sources? And so that's what I did. And those that were in a mindset to think about it and to do it responded back. And I, of course, I got tons of responses back. And lots of them were just like, it's just so nice that you care Aww. and that you ask. But here's the thing about that, Leslie, because they know I do. This isn't fake right? I don't have my system in place to take care of my referral sources because over here, I'm like, you know, evil little empire going, ha ha ha, I'm going to take care of you. And that's going to have you give me a whole bunch of referrals. Like that's not where I come from. I come from a place of having a business failure, recognizing in that business failure, a company I ran for four years, never received one referral, vowed to make that completely different when I started my second business, but didn't want to ask for referrals. So I guinea pigged on my own business of how to get referrals without asking Turn that into a system that I, of course, now teach to people, business owners, sales professionals all across the world, because I know that if I had had my system, my first business never would have failed. And I never would have gone through all the heartache and angst that I went through with that business failure. And so I'm on a mission to help people. And so people know that about me. It's not like, yeah, yes, I do want to be financially right. I do want to be in a financial good position with my business. And I do want to have a successful business. And I will never apologize for that. But I actually care about these people who make my life easier. I know what it's like to spend every night networking and money on advertising you don't have, right? And knowing how different it was with my second business when all that business just came through referrals and it allowed me not to spend every night networking and home with my kids, right? And going to baseball games and ballet practices or recitals or all that kind of stuff. Like I know the difference referrals can make in someone's business. And so I'm super thankful for my referral sources who make my life easier And it's one of the reasons I teach what I teach because I know I suffered that business failure because I didn't have what I have now. Oh, Stacey, that is, I so appreciate you sharing that. I know that's very vulnerable to talk about things that aren't, haven't gone well or aren't going well. And (laughs) I, I'm so thankful for everything that you have offered today. You have given, I mean, I was, I was taking notes and I'm going to go listen to this again before it even airs because there's so much (laughs) great information here. Thank you so much for showing up here despite your three kids running around and all the stuff going on and just for being so open and generous with your information. I really feel like this is going to be a game changer for a lot of our listeners, myself included. So thank you. Thank you. And I know you have a ton to offer designers and other industries, but obviously most people here are interior designers. So where can our listeners connect with you online? How can they find out about your community and your course and all the phenomenal resources that you have created for us? 
So I'm going to do the thing you're not supposed to do, and I'll tell you a couple of them. I think you're supposed to just say one, right? You but, can do a couple. It's fine. So <laughs> we'll I tell, link everything in the show notes, too. Just link it on the show notes. So I do have a book that you can certainly purchase wherever books are sold, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. Ebook, audio, and paperback versions are available. A podcast, Roadmap to Grow Your Business. But my home base is my website. It's stacybrownrandall.com, and you can find anything there that, that we've talked about. Um, of course, I have a free Facebook group, Referrals Without Asking. Lots of folks in that group um, that just are there to just soak up everything that I have to give in that free kind of community. But I would tell everybody, if you're going to do one thing when you listen to this interview and you're going to take one action, the one action I would tell you to take is to hop over and take my Referral Ninja Quiz. You just go to referralquiz.com. Take the Referral Ninja Quiz. It's nine simple questions that are going to help you understand where you are in terms of your skills and ability in generating referrals and how you answer the questions will create this roadmap for you of your results that'll give you the referral ninja level you are. So you're going to get a colored belt and a little ninja. That's kind of our icon that we use within our communities. Um, But you're going to land at a certain level. You're going to be a beginner in training or a master level. Don't worry if you landed as a beginner. 84% of the thousands of people have taken the quiz before you. That's where they land too. Only 2% land at the master level. But that gives you a roadmap of knowing where you are and what it looks like to get to that referral ninja master level. And then just soak up all of the resources that I have that are kind of outlined for you once you take that quiz. Amazing. Well, thank you, Stacey. We'll link everything. People can go check you out. I'm about to join that Facebook group as soon as we hang up here, which I'm very (laughs) excited about. And thank you for your time and for being of service. I think this is so valuable, especially where things are in the world right now. So we really appreciate you here having coffee with us today. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Hey, designer. Thanks for sharing part of your day with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to connect with badass design bosses like you. We love to hear your feedback. For more Designers Getting Coffee and to join the conversation, head over to designersgettingcoffee.com for show notes, free downloads, and more. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at designersgettingcoffee.